I'm your host, Sarah Troop, and you're listening to The Cabinet of Curiosities. This week's episode, The Fire Spook. Alexander and Mary MacDonald had travelled to New Glasgow to visit their recently widowed friend. Her husband was lost to a coal mining accident. Leaving the poor woman alone with six children, she was not capable of supporting. The MacDonalds charitably agreed to take the youngest of the six children, Mary Ellen, to live with them on their large farm in Caledonia Mills in the county of Antigonish. As the years passed, they cared well for the little girl and considered Mary Ellen their own daughter. Things were happy and peaceful in the MacDonald household, with the exception of the occasional appearance of a large black dog that could only be viewed in the presence of Mary Ellen. If anyone else were to call out or approach the dog, it would seemingly vanish into thin air. In 1921, Mary Ellen turned 16, and it was then that the fire started. The MacDonald household had been sleeping when Alexandra awoke to find that a small fire had started in the house. Thinking it had been caused by a spark emitted from the wood stove or fireplace, he promptly extinguished it, only to have another fire erupt in a different part of the house. One fire followed another, including patches of wallpaper bursting into flames. This odd and alarming scenario repeated itself on many nights in the MacDonald house. Unexplained banging noises and strange lights also followed, reaching a point where the family could not risk falling asleep, lest they would all burn to death in their beds. Neighbours tried to help by keeping vigils for arsonists, while the fires continued relentlessly, and with no signs of an arsonist at work. Other strange occurrences began to accompany the fires. The McDonald's would discover the barn animals would be shuffled around to differing stalls during the course of the night, or let loose in the fields after having been locked up. Ashes would be discovered in the milk supply, or all of the animals' tails had been braided. After 38 fires had started, word was travelling fast and the imaginations of the whole of North America were captivated by the bizarre goings-on in the MacDonald farm, inspiring songs, plays, and even the famous poem Antigonish. You know the one. Yesterday upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. It wasn't long before police, reporters, and all manner of investigators, including Dr. Walter Franklin Prince from the American Institute for Psychical Research, and even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle himself, descended on the property. One of them, a newspaper reporter named H.B. Whidden, who stayed at the house with the detective Carroll and Dr. Prince. On the second night of his stay, Whidden reports hearing strange noises overhead and claims he felt a distinct blow to his elbow. Through two shirts, a sweater, two coats, one of them fur-lined, 
and a heavy horsehair blanket, and that it could not have been either of the other gentlemen present, as one was quite out of reach, and the other asleep. Some days later, Dr. Prince subjects Widden to a battery of psychological tests, which somehow lead to an automatic writing experiment, with no success. Widden's interest in the process was so piqued that he repeated the experiment on a number of other occasions. On one of these, it actually seemed to work. Widden says, I felt a prickly sensation at the end of some of the fingers of my right hand, which increased. The hand then became numb. Before I realized what was happening, the pencil began to move slowly, without any effort or intention on my part. The movement became so fast and the pressure so hard that three sheets of paper were torn. Then it began to write in large, peculiarly shaped letters. The whole experience lasted over two hours. A message seemed to be transmitted to me in this weird manner. I had absolutely no idea what was coming next. I had no control over my hand, which was numb. I had a feeling of numbness about my heart as well. And although I could appreciate what was transpiring, my mind seemed to be controlled by some unseen power. Every movement appeared to be dictated or automatic. The writing was not of my own volition. The unseen power seemed to increase its influence over time. During this time, Dr. Prince began to ask wooden questions, including an exchange where he asks if the unseen communicator knows who has been lighting the fires. Yes, it replies. Then Prince asks, Can you tell? And the answer came at once, punctuated emphatically. Spirits. The questions continued, and the unseen communicator took credit for loosing the barn animals and agitating them. But it had its own messages to offer up, too, saying, Spirits do visit the earth after death. For more attempts at communication were made, at the request of Widden himself, yet with no success. In his account of his stay at the MacDonald farm, Widden says of this particular experience, This may all seem incredible to some people, but every word of it is true. In fact, I have merely given the readers the skim of it. For the very best of reasons, the cream will never be written. I still have every sheet of paper upon which the message was written, and will preserve them as a most valuable document in my possession. Dr. Prince's findings led him to believe that Mary Ellen herself was the culprit, although he believed her guiltless and unaware of what she was doing, and that all the acts occurred while she was in an altered state of consciousness. While Sir Arthur Conan Doyle believed Mary Ellen was a medium, and channeled the spirit of some naughty boy, whom not even death could cure of his mischievousness. In the end, Mary Ellen herself was caught red-handed by provincial officers. The sixteen-year-old girl was estimated to possess the intellectual capacity of a four-year-old, and was immediately committed to an insane asylum, where she spent her first two years in solitary confinement. Her physician diagnosed her as, quote, 
a common garden variety of the Moron family. And not a particularly interesting Moron at that. The Antigonish poem was written by William Hughes Means. Special thanks to the Antigonish Heritage Museum and the Antigonish Regional Library staff. As always, thanks to Steve Troop for his editing assistance and support. If you'd like to learn more about the subjects featured on the show, please do visit our website, cabinetofcuriositiespodcast.com, or you can like us on Facebook. Past episodes of this podcast are available on iTunes as well. I'm your host, Sarah Troop. Thanks for listening. Last night I saw upon the stair A little man who wasn't there He wasn't there again today Oh, how I wish he'd go away When I came home last night at three The man was waiting there for me But when I looked around the hall I couldn't see him there at all Go away, go away Don't you come back anymore